Welcome to Enhancing Human Experience, where it's all about helping you consciously create and live your best life. Now, if you are into podcasts or into being an entrepreneur or business, you probably already know my guest today. Jeremy Ryan Slate, in just three short years, has made a huge impact into the entrepreneurial scene and media scene. You know, he's already at 452 episodes on his podcast, Create Your Own Life, and he's had some big name players that he's interviewed there. People like Grant Cardone, Robin Sharma, Hal Elrod, and Seth Godin. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. One of the things that I really like about Jeremy's podcast is that he asks questions that help them share the mechanics and the how-tos of being an entrepreneur, succeeding in business, and making their dreams come true. That's what I really like because there's a lot of like what to do and why to do it out there, but I think there's always been a void and and continues to be somewhat of a void in the actual how to do it. And so if you've listened to his podcast before, you know that he's big on asking them, hey, how did you do this? And and what was your mindset? And what are the, some of the things that caused you to have the experience that you have? That's one of the things that I really like about his um, episodes and his content there. So obviously, I was thrilled when he agreed to be a guest on the show. And he's going to share some of his own experience being an entrepreneur, starting his media company, and now how his brand is evolving into new ways to help podcasters, online entrepreneurs grow their brand, grow their market, and have more success in life. So I was thrilled for this interview. Without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. So I'm super thrilled to have you here and uh, you know get into some of the works you're doing and the good work you're doing in the world. But before we get in, I also want to say kudos to you on Create Your Own Life podcast. Huge value there. So thank you for creating that. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm having a ton of fun doing it. You know, we're, we're three years in and 400 plus episodes and it gets more fun every day. I saw that. I mean, you are a freaking powerhouse with those with cranking out those episodes. And that was one of the things I was going to ask you is when you started. So you're three years in so far, huh? Yeah, it was uh, like mid 2015. Uh, well, around May 2015. And the show in its current model didn't really take shape until... Um, until I think November 20th, I believe, is when we actually took it shape in its ter- current form. It was originally called Rock Your Life, and it was atrocious, and I kind of axed it. Took some of those episodes and came back to our current model, um, which has been a lot more successful. But, you know, you don't always know until you try how things are going to go, right? Exactly right. And, that, and that's the thing I think, uh, you know, so many entrepreneurs that get into business think it's going to be this way. But as you just talked about, it typically can be like a, a pivot and a change, can't it? Oh, absolutely. I I think sometimes like that's one of the biggest things that stops people is they think they have to have everything figured out before they start something. And and a lot of times you're not, man. Like you got to kind of learn as you go along. And I know at least for me, experience has been my best teacher because a lot of the things I'm doing, I had no idea on what I was doing. It just takes a lot of work to get there, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, I'm glad you brought that up is that, you know, it seems like your core message and correct me if I'm wrong is to you know, break the chains of ordinary. Don't just default and go toward the traditional path of education, job, etc. Um, what that's why I think you're so you're such an interesting person in that sense. Can you talk about like how you have kind of deviated from the traditional path? And I'd love for you to touch on your experience 
it with Oxford and then after you graduated and, and how you started your own business and, and why? Oh, gosh, man. I feel, I feel like we could be here for a while. Um, That's so, why, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, for, for me, I didn't really know like what I wanted to do. And I was always a great student. So it just seemed kind of the natural way to go. So in undergrad, I, I got my I had a double major in uh, Judaism and Catholic theology not Jewish, just was really interesting to me at the time. And I was really good at it, really good at it. Um, from there, I then went and studied um, literature. I did like Lewis, Chesterton, things like that at uh, New College Oxford and actually spent some time at uh, Lewis's house. I became pretty good friends with his personal secretary, Walter Hooper. Wow. And um, after finishing up that program, came back and did my master's um, in ancient history, wrote a book where all the titles were in Latin and it didn't sell very well. I'm, I'm assuming it's because of that <laughs> Because of that whole jazz. Yeah. And I, I got out into a horrible, horrible job market in 2011. And because of that, when I got out, I had always been managing the gym on the weekends. So I became the nighttime manager at the gym and the weekend manager at the gym, besides also painting houses. So I was working about 16, 17 hours a day, wow. not sleeping very much and not a very pleasant human being to be around. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up running into a priest friend in my family. Because my goal had been to be a teacher, but I only applied for one PhD program, didn't get in. So I had a master's. And you're kind of in this funny place when you have a master's degree. Of you're overqualified for most jobs that you want and underqualified <laughs> for any job that you really want to go get. So nobody will really hire you. So private school was kind of the way for me to go here, but you don't make very much money. Mm -hmm. So I ended up doing that for about two years. You work a ton of hours. Um, and I feel like that the old guy that's like, oh, when, when my day, yeah. because it's, there wasn't <laughs> cell phones when I was in school, man, I'm only 31. So it was kind of weird. There wasn't these smartphones and stuff like that. So kids would kind of like, just like really try, really try to upset you so they can get you on video, put you on Snapchat uh -oh. or, or YouTube or something like that. So every day was rough and I just kind of came home, you know, hating my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, in 2012, my mom actually ended up having a really, really bad stroke. And that really kind of flipped my perspective on things. Um, I had had an experience when I was 19 where I had knee surgery that went wrong and my lungs stopped working and I received last rites, but it didn't really change my perspective on life until it was my mother. And that really made me look for something different in my life, but I didn't jump right away. It took me until, because I guess when that happens, you're, you kind of kind of figure out what life looks like and you know we're in and out of rehab centers, things like that. And it wasn't until... May of the next year, when my wife, who was my fiance at the time, was introduced to a network marketing opportunity, which I had no idea what that was. So I saw this video and I'm like, oh, dude, a million bucks in like two weeks. This is going to be great. Sure. <laughs> um, it, it didn't it didn't happen like that, but it was enough to, to show me that being an entrepreneur was something that was an opportunity. And from there, I worked in many, many different things before I finally found my way into podcasting and digital media. So as you can see, it took really about four years until I really figured out how to make a business out of what I do. And, and I, I just want people to understand that this is not an overnight thing. You have to commit to your success if you really want to create something. Yeah, you know, and, and I, th I think that's so good that you say that because, you know, there is the perception of the overnight success. And, and even I had it when I started my journey here, you know, but you sharing that experience kind of, I hope will wake up people to the reality that it's not like a linear path, is it? No, absolutely not, man. There's there's a lot of work involved. And, and I think that's the biggest thing is I, I, I've been putting up a lot of quotes on Facebook recently because my audiences seem to really, really be enjoying them. And from all the people that 
I've interviewed, I've kind of found that there's there's one major thing they have in common. So I put up this post that said um, the single common trait of the most successful is they don't quit. Mm. And it got like 180 comments, 60 something shit, uh, uh, 180 something like 60 comments, 18 or 19 shares. It did really well because here's the thing. People can debate me on that as much as they want, but keeping in it to actually see the success is the biggest thing, right? Because you may have to pivot what you're doing. You may have to do something different. You may have to change how you're doing it. But if you don't quit, that's what success looks like. And I think that's what people really, really have to understand is being willing to stay in it for the long haul. And you will see that success. It may not even be what you thought success looks like, but you have to stay in it for the long haul, man. I, I love that so much because that was one of the questions that I, I want to ask you as well is, you know, so many people are in this place, you know, b- before they've started, they're like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do. And it just kind of that question consumes them. Um, and and like you said, you pivoted your podcast and you'd made changes as you went along. Uh, t- talk about what advice you'd give to someone, a younger person or even a middle-aged person that's breaking the traditional road and and starting and they have this question what should i do well here's the thing is like i didn't even just pivot i like burned the whole thing down you know what i mean like i took i took a couple episodes off of that first feed which doesn't exist anymore i literally burned the whole feed down i was like okay this is still what i want to do but we need to handle a few things like i didn't have any income i had tried all these different things that didn't really help me So I actually went out and did digital marketing for somebody else's business because I still had a long-term idea of what I wanted to do. So I said, okay, what made this not work well the way I wanted it to the first time? So I took a look at that and I was like, well, I didn't really approach this as a professional. I didn't really get people to subscribe, review, and share my podcast. I had horrible audio editing. I didn't go out and find great guests. So I took a look at that and I'm like, okay, you know, one thing I really need to handle is my income because I created this thing that I thought I was creating so that I could make money. And now it's what feeds my business and everything else I do. But you can't start that thinking, okay, this thing's got to make me money right now because you make some really, really bad decisions. So so I, I went out and actually started working for somebody else's business so I could actually spend time creating something that had value. And I think for me, you know, maybe it's not the right way for everybody to go. But for me, it's what really helped me to create what I have now and has set off the path for my whole future. So you think getting would you consider that person you work for kind of like a mentor type relationship? I mean, it sounds like they gave you some insights, either like, you know, directly or indirectly into your own business. Well, absolutely, because we still talk a couple times a week now and I say, hey, I'm encountering this issue. You know, what do you think? And I've gotten some great advice there. So it's kind of interesting because I find that also a lot of those skills I learned in digital marketing, I use each and every day now. So I really would look at that more as, you know, a learning opportunity plus an opportunity to have some income because you make better decisions when you have money coming in. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, one of the other things that you touched on is, you know, so, so you literally like closed the feed because I know that's not, a, not necessarily a small decision. You had a, a podcast feed pumping and you decided to ax it all together and, and go to your new uh, title, create your own life, huh? Well, and there, and there was a couple things behind that because like iTunes knew and noteworthy was still going on at that time. It's not really something you can get into anymore because it's been frozen for like two years. Oh, has um, it? Yeah, but there's a few. There was a few things behind like why I made that decision. And when I when I say burn the old feed, we had like ten subscribers. Like nobody actually cared. Okay. It was <laughs> so it wasn't. You know, it was a. It was more of a tactical decision than anything. It's like how can I do mm-hmm. this correctly rather than like preserve this thing that really kind of sucks. You know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Keep something. <laughs> keep breathing life into something 
something that's already dead, maybe, right? It was dead when we started, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, I think, and I think that's so critical, especially in the age of social media where everybody sees what you're doing. It can, it can be difficult to, you know, because you kind of like you're admitting you didn't have it right or didn't have the formula right, and then you have to close it down. And that's, you know, seen as a mistake or failure, which as you and I both know, there really is no failure. There's only learning. But, you know, there's this perception, you know, we people are watching and and I think sometimes people are afraid and I know this is true has been true for myself to make a mistake and have it be visible to the world right you know well that was honestly something that that hit me really hard with my network marketing business and was a reason of I couldn't look like I failed to other people um, and I actually stayed in it longer than I should have for that reason um, because one of my one of my best friends when I had started that business, like I'm talking about like 20 years of my life, like we did everything together was mm-hmm. was my cousin. And I just wanted him to take a look at, you know, what I was doing. I didn't care if he joined me, work with me, whatever. I just want him to take a look at what I was doing and say, hey, that's cool. But we actually had an experience where he looked at me and said, I know what you're doing and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to see you fail. Whoa. And I was just like, wow, yeah, exactly. I didn't expect that from this person that was like my best wow. friend. And because of that, like, even when things weren't going well and I couldn't really see how this opportunity was going to work for me, I couldn't quit because Mm -hmm. of that. Like I couldn't let him see me be wrong. So it was really, really difficult. And I kind of was like, you know, heading towards the waterfall and and holding on tightly to the boat and hoping we didn't sink. And you can't really do that. No. So, so how long did you, you know, play that, that, uh, that multi-level business? How many months or years? About two and a half years. Oh, and you I, I made stick with it. No, and I, I made some decent money, but like mm-hmm. you know, a couple thousand bucks a month isn't what your hopes and dreams are built on. You know, you know right. what I mean. So it was like, and it was something that like I have some friends that are still with that business, and some friends that are still in network marketing that do a really, really great job. It just like mm-hmm. personality wise, it didn't work for me. You know what I mean? Because right. I'm I'm more of the. I don't. I, I look at people's problems sometimes, and I see this as a little bit of a flaw. And I'm kind of like, "Come on, man! How come we can't just work through that?" Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to have a little bit of empathy to be able to do that in that space, because a lot of times, besides being a team leader and a business builder, you're a bit of a life coach as well. And just for me, my personality didn't jive very well with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, and I know people who have got a lot of success in that, and and it's not my flavor either. But like you, I I learned a lot from like the mindset. And oh my the gosh! Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I had the opportunity to go to Las Vegas for one of the uh, for a network mar- or MLM business, and hear these, you know incredibly high achievers speak and it was super energizing and, and like you I kind of funneled that into my own my own creative endeavors but yeah I mean it's 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 either for people or not right no absolutely and, and I think that's the biggest thing so I, I I take that as the biggest learning experience you know because because of everything I did there absolutely yeah that that's awesome so you know you T- tell us about the uh, Create Your Own Life podcast. So when you pivoted, what were you thinking about at that time? And what was the kind of the the, the seed that sprung from that, that, that made that podcast? In terms of like pivoting from my first podcast to that one? Yeah, c- kind of like what it sounds like when you started, you say it was Rock Your, rock your Life. Yeah, it was bad, man. And if, and if you okay. Google it with a UR, you can still see the one image out there that looks like it was made by a third grader on a on a. <laughs> index card. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, but I think it's so great because, you know, like, like I said, you, you seem to embody this idea of don't just default to the traditional route. Um, did you sit down and kind of say, okay, here's what I want from the podcast. Here's what I want to do. Or did you kind of, well, like you said, just kind of step into it and discover as you go, as you went? 
Well, here here's the here's the big thing is is I noticed like like the purpose with the first one was like I'm gonna be a life coach and I'm gonna use this to make money and I'm gonna blah 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 blah. And it's funny because my whole I guess thought process on coaching is like really changed since then. Um, so so like based on that, I wouldn't fit my own qualifications for what I was trying to do there. So really by shutting that down, it was, it was a change in like how I wanted to do things. So, so really what I did from there is I'm like, all right, well, who are the biggest people I would want to learn from? And I made a list of the hundred people I most admired and reached out to them to, to actually interview them on my show. And I, I had a pretty good rate, you know, right out of the gate is, you know, it only took me, um, you know, 20 episodes to get Pat Flynn. It only took me, you know, 40 episodes to get Kelly Starrett, who was one of the first big CrossFit gym owners, um, you know, 150 episodes. I had Grant Cardone. So really, I was able to talk to a lot of these people that I had learned from for years and years and years pretty early on in my journey and actually help other people learn from that. So by becoming the ultimate student, I, I feel like I became the ultimate teacher in a lot of ways. So for me, that was the biggest shift from the first podcast to the second and really what's created a lot of the success I have now. Yeah, that's you. It's really insightful. You know, you became a kind of a platform to share their value, and by in turn, you kind of got energized in your own business, didn't you? No, absolutely. And and it's it's cool because not only did I get a lot of those benefits, I also saw the the benefits of of branding and positioning and and things like that, which is actually a lot of what we help people with with our business now. Because I think a lot of times people start a podcast and they don't realize that by doing this, you're building your own thought leadership and your own credibility as well, which wasn't something I was thinking about when I started a podcast, but it was what I've really learned. And now I've also learned how to help engineers as well. Yeah. And, and I, I talk about that for a minute. I'm assuming you're talking about the Command Your Brand platform that, that you, yes. you and your wife have created. Tell us about that. Well, what is, this, what is the uh, idea behind that? So really what we found is it started out as, as us like producing podcasts for people. It's like, we're going to produce this, we're going to do this podcast in a box idea. And it did pretty well. But the thing I found is it was really hard to 100% duplicate that model because what we were doing is we were booking someone's guests. We were building their website. We were putting together their interview format. Like it was a lot of work. Yeah, and you're doing all the hard even, stuff. Right. And like with what we could charge versus the amount of team we had to do to do it, there wasn't a lot of profit in it. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest things that we did in that process was we helped get people on other podcasts to build their brand. So we took a look at that and we're like, all right. So our our first business in that way was called um, Get Featured. And we had a a third founder in that business. um, And we did pretty well in year one, but we just really didn't see eye to eye. So about nine months into that, we split off and from there um, started Command Your Brand. And that's what we've been doing for the last, you know, year plus. And really, it started with just getting people featured on podcasts. But we found that that was great, but there was more to it. And then we found it was how people told a story. So we started focusing not just on booking, but on coaching storytelling, because that was really, really important as well. And we found these three key elements, story, message, and call to action to line it all up on those shows. So now we not only found the right niche, found the right show, and found the right way to talk, but we also discovered something more a bit into it. And that was actually how you content market after an episode's live. So we brought into that an actual course that we gave a lot of our, gave a lot of our clients to teach them like, what do you do with an episode once it's live? Because there's so much like I do, there's so much mm-hmm. other people do. And we really started teaching that in what we do. And it, it's interesting because I feel like we became less about just podcast booking, which is you know the main thing we do, but more about teaching people how to use podcasts and podcast guesting to build a brand and 
really that idea of, of having other people look at them as the opinion leader. And that was really the biggest thing I, I, I've taken home from, from everything we've done here is not only are you getting positioned the right way, but you're building your credibility because all these people that are seen as thought leaders are interviewing you. You're also getting exposed to a new audience each and every time and building your audience that way. So I, I think that's the biggest thing people have to realize. And, and for me, the, the thing I just want to hit the nail on the head here with is we didn't have our big business all figured out from day one, but it's been something that's evolved over time. So you really, as a business owner, need to be continually working on what you're doing to make it the best thing you can offer your clients. I, I love that. And that seems to be this common theme that you're not afraid to start something and and pivot and change it as you go, where I see so many people that are kind of in that analysis paralysis stage where they're like, they don't know what to do. So they don't do anything, which is, as we know, detrimental in, on many levels, right? Absolutely. And it's funny because I would, I would say it's the biggest thing I do. I'm like, let's just do it and we'll figure it out later. Because I think a lot of times... And sometimes it's it's a flaw because I I, I, I take some you know winger <laughs> risks that I shouldn't take. But the thing is, is I'd rather be started than not started at all. I think some people try to think about it for way too long, mm-hmm. and that's what really stops them. You know. Yeah, and and you know again another bit bit of interest that I find here is that you know you spend a chunk of time in the educational system, and it seems like you I think you, I think entrepreneur type people always have that in them to be okay with taking risk and okay with making a mistake. Do you think that was always in you or do you think it just kind of developed? Was it always in you for a ch- from a child, even though you were fully on the educational system and wanted to stay in the educational system? Well, here's the thing I'll say about that is, is I think it was always in me. And the only reason I was in the educational system is because I love to learn and I didn't know what else you did with it. So like, so like it was kind of like, I didn't know how to like channel this loving for learning and that actually fit perfectly into being an entrepreneur. Um, and it just, it just turned out other people didn't want to learn what I wanted to learn and how I wanted to learn it. So I, I think that's really the biggest thing that I've taken away from this is it's always been there. I just tried to channel it in the wrong way. And, you know, cause I'm still teaching, look, look, I'm still teaching yeah. just in a different way. And I think that's the biggest thing you have to take a look at is maybe what you're doing is correct, but how you're doing it isn't correct. And, and I think, that's really, I think, something people struggle with because they're like, oh, I have to find my purpose and I have to find this and I have to find that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to figure it out a little bit, man. You got to get your hands dirty to do it. Yeah, totally. And I think that's great. You know, uh, you obviously that sounds like you did have it in you to go out and like get into the into the mud and play around a little bit to create. And that's one of the things I think is really, uh, has obviously helped you succeed in this industry. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I'm like, I'm definitely willing to go do it and, and sometimes put in a lot more work than other people. But if you're willing to, I guess, kind of write down and document everything you've done, then it is much easier to bring somebody else on your team to do that later on. So that work isn't really wasted. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to your own kind of introspection and stepping back and looking at your business endeavors and making pivots, do you use a coach or a mentor now or have you in the past? Um, I don't really have a coach per se, but I would say I have somebody that's been a really big mentor for me. And we've kind of, um, it's cool because it it started out with me kind of helping him with getting some features here and there, just because I had a lot of admiration for what he did. And then it turned more into a, a collaborative process of him mentoring me from, from what he's done and, you know, me still also helping him with some digital marketing things here and there. So it's been really cool. It's a, it's a, Branding. He's a branding expert named David Breyer and um, really, really cool guy. I've learned so much from him, which is funny because I talked about uh, the woman that I worked for for a number of years in her marketing business. 
And the one thing she had told me is you have to go out and find this guy named David Breyer and just follow everything he did. And I followed everything he did. And actually, you know, we became good friends and he became more of a mentor to me. So I, I, I think that was really one of the biggest things that I learned in that place. And you have to be willing to go out and do things like that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, tell, tell us about some of your like daily habits or rituals that you that help you stay consistent in your business and your life. If you if you could give us a little glimpse into like a, a day, because I know you, you're pumping out a lot of content, and you have, have high productivity. So I'd love to hear mm-hmm. your, your insights. Well, the biggest thing first is um, I, I, I don't know that I really have a morning ritual, but I do have some some stuff that I consistently do every day. And the first being, I'm not a huge early riser, but our, our office is a home office, so I don't have to get up super early, but I'm up at seven. And um, usually I have a pretty good breakfast, head to the gym first, and then I come back and do a three to five minute cold shower um, because it does a couple things. It sets your body up so that you have a lot more energy, um, helps your immune system, and it also helps you burn fat. So that's one of the things I like to do right away. Then I come and take a look at what my battle plan for the day is, write down all the major tasks I want to accomplish most of which I accomplished by noon. And usually new things have arisen that will take me till five or six that day to, to handle or plan forward on. So, but if I don't do that stuff early on, the day tends to get away from me very fast. Um, and the other thing I do as well is I set my schedule up in a certain way. You know, right now I'm handling sales in our business besides handling um, a lot of the major ideas of where the business is headed. So not only do I block off certain hours for certain things, I block off certain days for certain things. So like, t- so like today I'm doing a podcast with you. I only do podcasts on other people's shows or content for our Facebook group on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I handle sales calls on, on Mondays and Wednesdays and podcast interviews I only do twice a month every other Friday. So really what I try to do is keep stuff blocked into the same thing because a lot of times people are like, all right, I'm going to handle email now and I'm going to handle this now and I'm going to handle that now. And they try to handle so many different things and nothing really gets done. So I try to make sure I'm doing what I'm doing while I'm doing it. And I think that's the biggest thing that you have to take a look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I imagine what you're doing nowadays in that respect, respect has changed a lot since you first started. Is that true? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I was all over the place, man. Like, especially when I first started the show, I was doing interviews three days a week because it was pretty much all I had going on besides working at the marketing business. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I totally make... Yeah, and that's, that's what I hear from from most uh, people that have, have got like a streamlined system is they're, they're doing this time blocking. They're not like bouncing from one thing to another because like you said, you just don't get anything done when you do that. No, absolutely. Because like by the time you, you realize what's going on, you're trying to do eight different things at once and nothing gets done. Right. Right. Uh, talk about like, what do you have projects in the pipeline that you're kind of grooming or that you want to do in the future? Talk about some of your future projects, if you have them and how you're going to, what you're going to, what you're working on in a sense, I guess. Well, we, we've got a, a course out, which is a, a newer thing is we're, we're getting more into to digital training now as well. Um, because we're realizing a lot of people, you know, maybe can't afford to work with us one-on-one, but have really have a need for what we do. So, um, we have a, a course called the, um, the ultimate guide to getting interviewed on top rated podcast, which teaches people everything we do in our business to bring into their own business. Um, so there's that section, but we also want to get into some more like PR type training because like podcasts is where we started. And uh, I feel like eventually we will get into more, um, PR type tasks because that for, for my wife, that's actually where she started. And she taught me a lot about what I know about PR. So she's been in that, that sphere for about 10 years. So I think that's, 
really where the future is going to go for us is more towards, um, you know, we'll, we'll always have our done for you in our agency side, but we also want to go more towards digital training because there really is, I feel like a need for it in the industry because the way we're teaching how to do things is very different than a lot of other people. Yeah. Now, is that course live now, ready to roll, or is that something still in the works? It is. It's over at get interview, getinterviewedonpodcast.com. Okay. I'll put that link up on in the show notes to this podcast as well. So is that part of the Command Your Brand, or is that kind of a separate platform? That, that co- it's, that- it's part of Command Your Brand's like training section, which which is the new the newest section that we're launching. We know we started out as a a, a done-for-you type service, uh, which we will always be, but we also want to give people more opportunities to work for us as w- work with us as well. Oh, gotcha. So you still do the producing the podcast. You still do kind of the whole... No, 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 no. No, so we don't do production. Oh. I, I'm sorry if I didn't oh, okay. clear that. We don't do production anymore. We stopped doing that in 2016. We've only done... Um, We've only done booking, storytelling, and teaching people how to how to content market those bookings. So that's that's that is our total business. Okay, so yeah, because it sounds like you kind of trimmed off some of the things that weren't working. Right. We we looked at the eighty percent that wasn't really working for us and got rid of it and kept the twenty percent that was really our bread and butter. Yeah. Well, and, and I agree with you. You know, this it seems like this the the notion of branding and helping people brand their business and their podcast is kind of where it's going, so they can differentiate themselves in the market. Um, how are how is it being received? I mean, are people getting uh, getting what you're trying to put push to them and to teach them? So we we have a couple clients. Um, well, all of our clients have been doing great, but we have a couple clients that have especially seen some incredible things. Is we had one of our clients that was working specifically in real estate, and a lot of podcasts out there are geared towards real estate investing, but he can only work with realtors. Um, so he actually, from the podcast we put him on, saw a hundred thousand in revenue from those podcasts. Um, and then we have a, and then he was really really smart and made a whole bunch of you know, a couple more hundred thousand off his Facebook ad retargeting. So we can't take credit for that because he's really smart. Um, and then we have another another set of clients that are actually business partners that um, saw their podcast double, their business double, and um, their email list double in about 60 days from the shows we put them on. So it was really, really incredible. And we, we, we've really enjoyed a lot of the people that we, we've helped their businesses grow mm-hmm. and, and helped to change their stars as well. Wow, that that's awesome. So you're you're seeing some uh, that's encouraging to see those kind of huge results, isn't it? Well, and I won't say that everybody's going to see that because it's kind of your results aren't typical thing. Um, but we do see great results for everybody. But then there's these few clients that we've really seen, like you know, burst out of obscurity, which has been really really awesome for us. Yeah, that, that that's I think it's great what you how you're like positioning and, and pivoting that that side of the business, especially from where it started. You know, it sounds like like you said, if you started in in uh, 2011 or no 2015, excuse me, that you've done a lot of like reassessment and changes in just a short period of time. That's that's awesome. Well, so you have to understand where the market's going, what's you know what's needed and wanted, and it's, we're always continually listening to our clients. You, you know what I mean? If we hear the same thing repeatedly from clients, then it's something we should take a look at. But if we hear random things here and there, we can't also pivot our business with the wind, you know? Right, totally. And to that point, where do you think the, the the podcast market is going and or digital media in general? I mean, can you give us your glimpse into the future of where you think things are moving? I think we're really just grasping like maybe 3% of what podcasts are going to be. And I think in the next few years, we're going to see it be more of this this massive thing. Because I think, I think radio is something that's kind of dying and going out of vogue. And I think you're going to, because you're seeing things like Netflix and things like that with people wanting things on demand. And I think podcasting is perfectly poised to take advantage of a lot of people that want audio only. Um, and and recently, um, 
I went to uh, pod, pod, uh, podcast movement in Philadelphia and they were, they had um, Edison research there talking about like, you know, the biggest things we're going to face. And I think the biggest things we're going to face is more people have to understand what podcasting is. Cause a lot of times the terminology we use is a little bit weird to people. Like they hear subscribe. And usually when you hear that, you have to pay for something or you have to buy it. Um, so one of the biggest things we have to think about is we have to explain to people, Hey, you can subscribe for free. Like we're a free thing. It's just, you're subscribing to an RSS feed. And the other thing is like podcasts, like people don't know how they are, and what they get them or where they get them. So the biggest thing that we have to be able to do is this new campaign of teaching people what we do, how we do it and how they can get it. But I do think the sky's the limit once we handle that, I guess, discovery issue. Yeah. Well, and, and there's, uh, you know, because I was kind of a, I, I want to say a late entrant, but I guess there really is no late or early entrant into any type of platform. But, you know, there's still people, I still meet people all the time who don't know what a podcast is. I was that person, you know, three, four years ago. Um, so you think the market's just kind of still is going to be more saturated or more, there's room to grow, it sounds like what you're seeing. No, absolutely. And it's I, I can I guess after we get off this, I can send you some some stats from Edison Research, which is pretty incredible in terms of like in terms of like what you can see, but it's just like the growth year after year, like we're only scratching the surface. Like it's a small percentage of people that are actually listening to podcasts and it's been growing every year consistently. So to me it's just really exciting of where we can go. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I see that with with some of the big players, too. What was it last year that Apple kind of changed or repositioned their podcast platform? And I think Google did the same as kind of mm-hmm. switching a little bit. So they, I think they're trying to keep pace with what, with the changes, too. And and is that what you're kind of seeing as well? Well, it's because even Apple has went from iTunes to now Apple Podcasts. Like they, they, they want they they want first of all that the brand to be positioned with podcasts, so it's Apple Podcasts as well. And then Google is actually, you know, they they've taken them out of the Google Play Store and actually created a Google Podcast app. And I think that's the biggest thing is we're going to see a lot more attention on only getting podcasts and not being like lumped in with other mediums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's a perfect example of, you know, from my understanding, when, when Apple put podcasts into their iTunes, it was just kind of, oh, and here's some, here's some stuff that's not music, but is audio podcasts. And it was kind of like this add on, but it obviously they're seeing a huger market. So they're splitting it off. It's, it looks like. No, absolutely. And they're also, it's, it's a branding play as well, because they want to remind people, hey, pod came from us. So, you know, Apple podcasts. Um, so they're, they're, they're trying to also make sure they, I guess, maintain a bit of a branding play on that name. But I, I think as well, it, it's really trying to make it easier to reach for the masses. And, and I think once we kind of handle that hurdle, the, the sky's the limit for where this space can go. Yeah, totally. So it, would you say that uh, it seems like podcasting is your platform of choice. Are there any other platforms, you know, YouTube, other social media that you foresee yourself embracing in the future more? Or are you going to kind of stick with the, with the podcasting thing that is obviously working for you? Well, podcasting's always been my core, but I've done a lot on LinkedIn this year, and we've seen we've seen a lot of our business leads come from LinkedIn. Um, I actually did a, an interview with Forbes not too long ago about some of the strategies we use on LinkedIn because I just feel like it's been huge for our business growth. And right now, like long form content and videos, like really kicking butt over there. It's the platform has like changed drastically since about November December of last year, and it's really become like the place for business owners to be. So for me, like, you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on these other places, but really I've been concentrating hardcore on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'd love to get that link and I will put that in the show notes. Not only I'll check it out myself, but I'd love to put that in the show notes here because I think I've heard that from other entrepreneurs that LinkedIn is, has historically been kind of this like un, untapped resource. 
you know, and it seems like it still is. Well, it, it it's gotten tapped into a lot more this year because people are learning how to make the right type of content for it. And LinkedIn has changed their platform so much to become more user-friendly that it's become a really, really great place to actually build a personal brand and a following. Yeah, I got you. That, that's awesome. So, so you've seen some success there and obviously you're going to keep pushing your podcast. Well, Jeremy, I mean, I think this has been hugely insightful. And I love the fact that, again, I just keep going back to this. Um, it seems like your strongest point is to just dive in and, and take action and then figure <laughs> it out. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And that's for me, like I, I don't let not knowing everything stop me. Um, I'm willing to try and go just go figure it out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jeremy, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. And before we close, I want you to uh, share how people can find your stuff online. I'll also link to it in the show notes. So why don't you tell people how they can find your stuff and find your podcast? Absolutely. Well, I actually put together an awesome resource for your tribe. Um, and it's a worksheet on actually how they can find the right podcast and put together their story and reach out to them. So that's over at commandyourbrand.media slash checklist. And if they want to find anything else on the personal brand side of things, it's over at jeremyryanslate.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll put that link in the show notes. And thank you for giving uh, the listeners that. That's awesome. Absolutely, Mark. I'm here to help, man. Uh, obviously, yeah. Like I say, again, <laughs> congratulations on the podcast. I mean, it's so, I love the fact, I just want to touch on this. You really dive into the mechanics and ask your guests how they did it and look look at the how-tos instead of just like the why and the what. And I really like that. So I appreciate you doing that. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm glad I could uh, offer your audience some value today. Definitely. All right. Well, Jeremy, uh, we'll wrap it up again. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Well, what'd you think? I told you, you know, Jeremy is like super hands-on, is not afraid to get in there and try something and see if it's going to work. Or, you know, to put it more uh, exactly, is that he's just not afraid to do something and get in there and take action, which I think is like one of the foundational core personality traits to be successful in business and being an entrepreneur is to try things out, um, get in there and see and learn by experience, right? And that's actually uh, some of the quotes that I pulled out. You know, I always pull a quote of the week out of the episode of the interviews that I do and put them on my website, gmarkphillips.com. And both of the quotes that I pulled really speak to that. And you can check those out on my website. But yeah, I really enjoyed hearing his hands-on approach and not being afraid to get in and make mistakes, not being afraid to get in there when you don't know what you're doing and just start doing it. So I think it's really huge and helpful for all of us to learn about that. The other thing I want to say is that you can always catch all of these episodes and more content on my YouTube channel, gmarkphillips.com. So that is youtube.com slash gmarkphillips. And I put all these interviews up there. It's really easy to search them, really easy to find the interviews that you want and need to help you create more of what you want in life. And that's going to wrap it up. I really appreciate you for tuning in. And until next time, All the best, health, wealth, and success. Bye-bye.